Welcome to the Daily Dad Podcast, where we provide one lesson every single day to help you with your most important job, being a parent. I'm Ryan Holiday, and I draw these lessons from ancient philosophy, modern psychology, practical wisdom, and insights from parents just like you all over the world. Thank you for listening, and we hope this helps. As you know, the human body is mostly water. Uh, what you didn't know is that everything else in your body is basically 50% amino acids. And these building blocks are essential to health and fitness in life. And if you like to move, which, which I do, amino acids are essential. And that's why Keon Aminos is a fundamental supplement for fitness. You can drink them every day for energy build muscle and recover faster. It's got the highest quality ingredients, no fillers, no junk. Every product undergoes rigorous quality testing and tastes amazing with all natural flavors. If you want more energy, lean muscle, faster recovery, you have to get Keon Aminos. And you can now save 20% on subscriptions or 10% off one-time purchase. Just go to getkeon.com slash dailydad. I'll spell it out for you. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com slash daily dad to get a great supplement for fitness. That's Keon Aminos. Check it out. Look, nobody likes to be watched or tracked, even if you have nothing to hide. You don't like your computer slowed down by things. You don't like those creepy tracked ads. You don't like your data being sold and used against you. That's why it's important to step up your privacy game and think about browsing through a VPN where your traffic is encrypted and no one can see what you do online. NordVPN is a fantastic VPN service and it's the flagship product of the cybersecurity company Nord Security. It's easy to use. You connect with one click or you can enable auto connect for zero click protection. It has 5,400 servers in 60 countries. You find the server nearest to you for better speed or you can connect to a faraway location to freely explore the internet. It's got amazing speed, which has been confirmed by speed tests. It's the fastest VPN out there. And you can use it on up to six devices on every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, macOS, and Linux. Even your Android TV supports NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash dailydad to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan. There's free threat protection plus one additional month for free. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Just go to nordvpn.com slash dailydad to try it out. Hey, it's Ryan. Welcome to a weekend episode of the Daily Dad podcast. I obviously think a lot about how do I instill in my kids a love of books, a love of reading, a love of big ideas, a love of classical principles, because that's been so influential and important to me. And so whenever there's someone who's written about this really well, or I feel like has done this really well, I want to learn from them. And that's why I interviewed Roosevelt Montas. He's the director of the Freedom and Citizenship Program. He's actually born in the Dominican Republic. He came to New York as a teenager. And as a public school student in Queens, he discovered Socrates, like literally in a pile of trash, an edition of Socrates, and it changed the course of his life. In his new book, Rescuing Socrates, How the Great Books Changed My Life and Why They Matter for a New Generation is out now. And in this conversation, we talk about how to make philosophy and the classics accessible to young children, what the classics touch on in our humanity, 
and uh, how we can make this stuff interesting to children and adults all the same. And I hope you enjoy this interview. How do you think about making the classics accessible to young people? Is, do you have kids? I do. I have a four-year-old who just turned four three days ago. So he was <laughs> a three-year-old until <laughs> very recently and a, and a five-month-old baby. Okay. So I, I have a, a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. So sim oh similar just similar a little bit ahead of me. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so how do you think about teaching all kids, but specifically young kids, how do you think about priming them for the classics? You know, I've thought about this. And the thing is that all I need to do is like not get in the way. Like <laughs> yeah. all I need to do is go along with their curiosity, satisfy, you know, do my best to stimulate, satisfy, and follow their curiosity where it's taking them. It is amazing to me. You know, we we're talking about death before, the way that my four-year-old is putting together what this is. He's very interested and he's not afraid of it. There's no like morbidity or, you know, there's no macabre, there's nothing spooky or, or scary about it or even sad. It's just, you know, it's just something that happens. But he's very interested in understanding what it is that happens. The other day, I don't know what we were talking about. And, and he looks up and he asks me, what is mind? And he, you know, he's asking the real question um, about what mind is. So I feel like all I need to do is not stunt and suppress this natural curiosity that he has, but, but feed it, uh, indulge it, enrich it. And then that will take care of itself. Are you doing anything now? Like, uh, are there stories you read him now? Because okay. I, I just found like so many of the kids' books out there, they're like the opposite of the classics, right? There's just like nothing yeah. in them or they're just silly. Yeah. And it, it's, it's weird to think that, you know, a kid a thousand years ago who was five years old, that they weren't reading them books about pizza. They were probably reading them passages from the Odyssey. That's true. Although, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up reading books. There were no books in around, and there were no children's books. I didn't, the few books that there were were not children's books. And, and, and it was just not a reading culture that I, that I was raised in. So now with my children, I'm discovering this whole universe of children's books. And, um, you know, my wife, again, who did grow up here and grew up around a lot of books, we, we like, like the classics children, classic children's books. Yes. And I think kind of the, I've seen kind of the same logic apply a, that there are some books that have a kind of mysterious quality that they are able to speak to kids at different ages from different cultures and different, like some, they're, they, they, they're connected to something that is appealing, illuminating that, that connects to kids. And it's, it's hard to name what it is, but, but it's there. So I've seen that. I've seen like the, the, the classic quality being in, in children's books. And I've also seen how there are some books that kind of keep on giving. The sure. more you read them, the better they get, which is one of the things that classics have. Like there are some books that the more you read them, the less they give you. Like you read there are books that they 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 lose by rereading, and sure. there are books that gain by rereading, and the classics gain by rereading. So I've noticed that with some children's books. So we read we read a lot of books, but you know I, I don't. At least in my experience, it's not like you know let's read the Odyssey for babies because yeah, that yeah. will prime you to read Homer when you're growing up. I don't see that. You know I I, I guess the 
introducing them to myths. Myths are wonderful. They're just appealing human stories that kids love. And again, they love it naturally. I'm not doing it so that when they get to college, they have an easier time with Sophocles. I'm reading them because they're great stories and they love them. And they, they, they like connect to something in our humanity. Yeah, I've been amazed at how intuitively, you know, as a three, four, five-year-old, my son understands Aesop's fables, let's say, Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and how perfectly they are written to work like a Pixar movie for children and yes. adults at two yes. different levels. Yes. Um, you know, I, my, my five-year-old now, my, I'm sorry, my four-year-old now has in the last six months begun to see, to see films, but un, until then we didn't, he didn't do screens. It was all books. Yeah. And that was, that was great. It, 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 he, he loves narrative. He loves fiction and that was cultivated. You know, he now loves to watch movies and we're very deliberate about how much and what he watches, but he, I feel like there was such a great foundation for an openness and a love of narrative that was, that was, that was established just on, on a kind of, on a kind of more elemental form of narrative, like just kind of verbal and visual narrative. A year or so ago, my wife gave me this great present that I've really enjoyed and that they are the sponsor of today's podcast. It's just a delightful coincidence. I'm talking about StoryWorth. StoryWorth is this online service that helps you and your loved one connect by sharing stories and memories and preserve them for years to come. Basically, StoryWorth sends you an email every day. It's like a prompt and you you can attach pictures or write a story or describe things or evoke a memory. And then StoryWorth asks these really thought-provoking, incisive questions that gets you to think about things that you wouldn't maybe ordinarily share or get your parents to share or a spouse to share or a, and a grandparent to share that when they do share, you're so glad they did and you'll be able to capture and keep forever. And then basically after the year, StoryWorth compiles all these questions and stories, including photos into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. So just think about what you wish you could share or what you didn't even know your kids would love to learn. And then there's just this great service that gets that out of you and then preserves it forever in the form of this book. Get to know your loved ones better and preserve those special moments forever with StoryWorth. I'm glad my wife did that for me. And right now, for a limited time, you can save 10 bucks on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash dailydad. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com slash dailydad to save 10 bucks on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash dailydad. Yeah, I think the the myths are a great place to start. You know, I, I was telling him the story of Cincinnatus and just these sort of little stories that I think used to be taught as history, even though they're not quite accurate, but they, they have a moral component to them are really mm -hmm. important because, you know, that's what Hercules is about. That's also kind of what Paul Bunyan is about, right? Like all these sort right. of myths are about, they're there to teach, they're there to entertain, but they're also there to, to deliver some sort of method, uh, message or, or, or moral or, or just like cultural reminder of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, there, obviously a lot of work has been done in understanding or, or elucidating why myths are so compelling, why, you know, kind of the archetypal hooks that they have. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's, it's true. And of course, myths from 
all, cult, all, all cultures do this, right? Every culture has its own mythology and, and I find them to be just kind of acultural in a way. Like, you know, the African myths and the Chinese myths, like they, they all are just as compelling as the Western myths. Again, they're up to, they're up to something that is, transcends the culture. Or they, they boil down to some eternal truth that just makes sense with the hardwire of being a human. And so it yeah. was discovered independently. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. And like myths are um, such a rich ground. I mean, we, are, we, we keep interpreting them and reinterpreting them and finding, you know, finding depth to them. You, know, you, have, you have people reading Oedipus and finding depth in Oedipus forever. You have, you know, Freud's Oedipus is so different than other, than, than other ways of reading Oedipus, but it's profound. It, it, you know, he finds something in there that illuminates aspects of the psychic that are very, very tricky and very, very inaccessible otherwise. Yep. And we need a, we need a Socrates to help us tease them out a little bit. Yeah, that's right. The, the only last thing I was thinking about when I think about all the stories from Plato, I, I come back to, and go into this idea of teaching it to our kids, Plato's analogy of uh, allegory of the cave, right? That, that mm -hmm. people think they know, but they don't know. And that yeah. once you find out, you have some obligation to help other people. Or your, your point about education being pointing people in the right direction. I yeah. do feel like those of us who have been blessed by or changed by the classics, it's not quite the same imperative, imperative as a evangelical religion, but I do feel like we have an obligation to pay it forward and to help yeah. uh, point other people in the right direction or point out yeah. the shadows that they've confused yeah. on the wall. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And the allegory of the cave, again, gets at something that's like so intuitive, like, you know, the world is not as it seems. Like there is mm -hmm. more going on that's deeper, that's more real than the appearances that you get. And people, people get that, you can intuit that. And, I do believe that we have a, 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 a an ethical responsibility to go back to the cave to to point in to point towards the light, and I further believe that the possibility of democratic society depends on that. That is that the kind of human being that is able to participate in a collective project of self governance is precisely the kind of human being that has been awakened to what the classics awaken you to. So I feel that our democracy, the possibility of democracy depends on that. I, I would agree. And then also, as you found and uh, I found that as important as education is and higher education is, that, that this, is, uh, this is also an individual educational journey that we have to continue to go on as individuals. It's not this thing you get taught in school and now everyone has a liberal education. A liberal education is an ongoing process and it's That's one right. of your obligations as a citizen is to, to continue to pursue that. That's right. To continue that process of self-cultivation. And a liberal education never ends. A liberal education yes. is a, it, it only starts. And you know, you, you, you've looked at my book, so you know that I don't have a very high opinion of how well universities are doing it. <laughs> I think that universities are not doing it well at all. And um, part of the book is a, is, is a, is a call to do it better and, and, a, and some very concrete uh, proposals about how to do it better, but also a recognition that liberal education is not a university thing. It's not an academic thing. Liberal education is something that, that ought to happen, that needs to happen, and that does happen outside of the university.
Well, and I would rave about specifically, uh, it's funny you're saying that universities don't do a great job, but then you're published by Princeton University Press, who I think does an incredible job. I have a whole set. Yeah. I don't know if they're behind me. They have done a whole set of translations of a bunch of the ancient texts, you know, like a uh, yeah. collection yeah. about Socrates, a collection of Seneca, a selection of how to be a farmer, how to be a good emperor, how to learn about politics. Yeah. Their modern yeah. wisdom series, I think, has been fantastic. And, and that, yeah, perhaps the classroom, you pay tuition to go to college. There's a lot of problems with that model. But the wisdom that has been spun off from this system uh, yes. And including uh, books like yours, which I think was great, is all part of that collective liberal yeah. education umbrella. I agree. And in my view, one of the fundamental reasons for being of the university is to do liberal education. And, and if we can do it well, there is no more powerful institution for doing it. I mean, it, it is, a, it is yes. an institution, it is a whole vehicle that has evolved over, over centuries to do this. And when it does it well, it does it better than anyone else. Well, and just a reminder, uh, not, it's not true of all universities, but like where I grew up in California, all the great universities are public universities. It's your yeah. university. You can just go there whenever you want. You can sit yeah. in the quad. You can have philosophy discussions with people. You can drop in on classes. No one will notice. You can use the library. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like these are, these are obviously a specific institution built for its students, but also it's yours. And, uh, you can take advantage of it however you see fit. Yeah, I mean, I am a believer in the in, in private that is in the in the legitimacy and the importance of private institutions. But the fact of the matter is that even private institutions are involved in a public good. Yes. that's what it's about. Yep, but the pub, but you have to choose to take advantage of the public good. Uh, yeah, uh, just like you got to pick up the book that you see, uh, you know, in the in the pile in your neighbor's yard. Uh, well, you can lead that a horse right. to water, but but no one can make it drink. Yep. Yep. That is right. <laughs> Roosevelt, this was so fun. I loved the book. And Thank you, uh, Ryan. it was an honor talking to you. And uh, I hope to do it again sometime. It's an honor to be here. I do hope to do it again. And I hope that our, our paths cross in person at some point. Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Dad podcast. You can get this via email every day as well at dailydad.com. Please leave us a review in iTunes. And most importantly, if you know any dads or parents who would benefit from these messages, please spread the word. Thanks.